Hey, husband. Yes, wife. Why does a chicken coop only have two doors? Why is that, wife? Because otherwise it would be a chicken sedan. Wow. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Random's Thoughts. I'm husband, she's wife, and this is going to be primarily a gaming podcast with a heavy bent on the now unfortunately deceased TCG, the WoW TCG. That is World of Warcraft out there for all you people that I guess have been living under a rock for what feels like the last 200 years. This game was based off primarily the actual computer game. However, with the later sets and a few mixed in, they did pull from old WoW or in general Warcraft lore. Specifically, Warcraft 3, Warcraft 2, Warcraft 1, while well, that kind of covers everything. That being said, I'm going to introduce my wife here, and we're going to go into a little bit about the things that we want to do with this podcast, since this is episode number one. Hi, I'm Wife. I started playing the WoW TCG because I liked Guy. Yes, I know, it's the stereotype of all girls, and yes, I totally fell into the trap. However, then I started liking the game a little bit more than the guy, except then I married him anyway. So We all make mistakes. I started playing the game for that, and I stayed because I loved the community, and then I started playing other games once that community sort of died. Yeah, we ended up shifting into a lot of other games. I obviously had a long history of gaming, as most people started. I started with Magic, and then moved into other ones. I eventually gave up Magic for this game. Because I found this to be a whole lot of fun. I love the lore, I love the actual game mechanics, and we do still play it fairly frequently. For those of you out there that played it and have given up, there still are opportunities to ask around your local store. We always bring it up every time we show up to play other games and say, hey, anybody new that might still be playing the game? We actually did also find a group that's been playing at Gen Con, which we'll get into a little bit later. In general, for this podcast, we're going to try and stick to WoW, but... We're going to bring in other games because, as you can imagine, game that's not getting produced anymore, we may eventually run out of topics. But the first one we're going to start off with for this is actually what our best memory of WoW is. I think that's a fun way to start, trip down memory lane real quick. So mine, maybe not necessarily the best memory, but one of the funniest was going back to Gen Con 2009. This was when I first dragged wife into playing. So I'm there playing in the NACC, end up scrubbing out and playing in some side events. I'm playing, if I remember correctly, Orcs. So the old Orgrimmar Ferocity decks, just because I was still relatively new to the game myself. I'm playing against a guy playing, I distinctly remember Dimzer, so I'm assuming Black Ice. As you can imagine, it's going back a few years. So we're playing, we're in the middle of the game, and then all of a sudden the alarms go off. Not just any alarms, the fire alarms. So we all look at each other, and I know at least my first thought was, do we really need to stop playing? Is this an actual fire alarm? Are we really getting kicked out of the building? What goon decided to do this? Turns out, yes, somebody really did pull the fire alarm. We have to all get outside. So the fire marshal will come because somebody thought it would be funny to try and evict a <laughs> convention of thousands of people. So we sit around for a while end up coming back in. They give us the whole spiel about how we're going to reset the games, and naturally nobody's ever happy about it. No matter what way you end up on it, you're going to get some people that are unhappy. And then they pull the fire alarm again, so we got to shuffle back outside. Long story short, we eventually get back in. I end up 
losing that side event, if I remember correctly. But it definitely was one of the more fun memories. I think the best memory I have, though, is qualifying for day two at the NACC a number of years later at Vegas. I had worked really hard on it, put a lot of effort into playing Zombie Go, which we'll get into a little bit later. But I had never been to Vegas. Wife and I didn't really do any of the Vegas things. But it was a lot of fun being able to say I was there. I worked really hard. I made day two, which was my goal. And seeing the bigger names walking around, talking to some of the bigger names, drafting with some of the bigger names on day two. Although a couple people in my pod were actually from our local play group. Uh, It was a lot of fun overall. And if you haven't played in a competitive event, obviously, you're probably not going to get the opportunity to, at least for this game. But if you get the chance in other games... It's worth checking out because you meet a lot of new people, get a lot of new perspectives. It's overall a lot of fun. So what about you, wife? I know I dragged you into this, as I said, with that initial event. What was your favorite memory of the WoW TCG? Yes, so he really did drag me into this game. I am terrified of talking to people I don't know. Um, so I wanted you on a podcast. I guess yeah. you're not really talking to them. I can't see them. It makes it easier. <laughs> I... Started out just doing side events. I continued mostly just doing side events. And my favorite memories are around side events. Um, I would say at Worlds in Atlanta was one of my favorite memories. Um, The community had just become really tight-knit at that point, or at least I felt like I was a part of the community. Um, I met a lot of great people. I got my butt kicked by Al Castraza. I um in Vegas too. And in Vegas, I got I got my butt kicked by Alex Straza a lot. For the record, Alex Straza was probably the only employee that actually tried to beat the people in the employee event where they I forgot what it was called, but they would if you beat a upper deck or for us cryptozoic employee at these events, you would win prizes. And she was out for blood whereas everyone else seemed to be like, "Oh, haha, I'm going to Oh no, I lost the game. I'm going to give you a pack of cards. Alex Ross is like, no! Yeah, these were two pack events, which are my favorite events of all events. I love two pack. It's the greatest, greatest form of game that I've ever played, and I wish more people you just would like do opening it. Packs. I do just like opening packs. But that was a really great event. Uh, we got pizzas um, and met a lot of people by feeding them. Um, and that was also a really fun time, just meeting new people down in Atlanta and trying to deal with the Atlanta heat. Yeah, which we fortunately also at that time dodged Hurricane Sandy. Yes, we were. We got out on what must have been the very last plane, so we were checking on everybody back home, uh, but we fortunately, everybody in our families is okay, thank God, and we <laughs> managed to stay with hot water and a clean bed. And avoid a lot of the unfortunateness that happened. And got a lot of awkward stares when we said we were from Jersey from people down there. So asking, why are you here? Instead of, you know, in powerless places up north. (laughs) So as you can tell, a lot of our favorite memories came around the bigger events, the dark fairs, the uh, continental championships, worlds. But it also was involved down to local levels. We did have a local shop that we played at and went to a number of others mostly for events for obvious reasons. If we can drive 10 minutes to our store versus driving an hour and a half to someone else's store, guess which one we're going to pick. But we did have a lot of people, a lot of friendly faces that were consistent across the board, and I think that was 
something in this game's favor, and it is true for a lot of smaller games, smaller population games. Everyone gets to know each other, which, as you'd imagine, people can be good and bad, but for us, thankfully, it turned out really well. So those are some of our best memories. Let's see what we can talk about best decks. So I actually have two, so I'm going to go one real quick, turn it over to wife, and then we'll come back to my other one. Since we brought up the recent event at Gen Con, which is the last bastion, I guess, of, of events for the WoW TCG, which, by the way, went very well, and we had a decent turnout for it. I was determined for this classic event, because that's both of our favorite format, right, wife? Yes. Yeah, we both prefer classic, mostly because a lot of the cards we grew attached to are only legal and classic. So there were a number of bands for this, which is a departure from the way Upper Deck and Cryptozoic had run everything, but I felt it was necessary to probably change a couple, which we might get into later, if not in a later podcast. I was determined to play a Scourge Hero, because I love the Scourge Heroes, and my other deck will explain that as well. I ended up piloting Deathseer Zucaraj. With the card in front of me, Deathseer Zucaraj, as mentioned, is the Druid, Druid Shaman Hero. You can only include Druid abilities, Shaman equipment, allies with the ally type Death Knight, neutral quests and locations, and Scourge cards. And as always, you can't include cards with reputations or other text restrictions, so you can't get talents. It was one of their first attempts at dual heroes, and in this case, what the deck is trying to do is play heavy control. I really wanted to play a Nubarak. He's my favorite Warcraft character of all time. And I said, well, if I'm going to be playing the long game, I'm playing the Lich King. One advantage that these decks have is that you can play any Death Knights regardless of faction, and a few other things regardless of faction because of the way the wording on the rules is. So it let me add some interesting stuff such as Daydak, which is a problem in Classic because of Hezriana, but long story short, the deck performed pretty well. We only had a three-round event, so it, I went 2-1. I ended up losing to Aberration Hunter, which I feel is a fairly decent matchup, but just didn't go my way. You can do a lot of interesting things with it, but because it was an unknown event, a metagame that's completely unknown, I said, you know what, I'm going to play something fun. If I get my teeth knocked down my throat, it happens. So it let me play a lot of cards that I was attached to, so that's why I really like it. Similarly, my wife has a deck that she has been in love with since she started playing. We it's started her, Yeah, we started her off with Orgrimmar Orcs. As I mentioned at NACC, basically, when I scrubbed out and I played a couple side events with it, I turned it over to her since she was just learning. Play the aggro deck. You know, can't go wrong by playing guys turning them sideways. So, eventually, Scourge War came out. And uh, do you want to take over from there? <laughs> so, my favorite deck uh, centers around Soul Drinker Bagmara. Um, she is an orc warlock. Um, she deals a shadow damage when she's flipped and heals one from herself. Basically, this whole deck centers around shadow damage as quickly as humanly possible, play dudes, turn them sideways, and end the game as quickly as humanly possible. I have the attention span of a two-year-old, um, so I really prefer fast games, mainly because by the time it gets into longer games, I've completely forgotten everything I've ever done and how to play the game, usually. <coughs> Um, this deck really centers around low-cost guys. Um, like I said, you want to play Shadow Damage, so that way you can get Nolan out for free, and then you can Bottle Void and mess people's day up, which is obviously the best part of any deck. 
Yeah, the highest cost thing in this deck, I mean, there are high cost things, for example, Cairn, but you're never casting him. Yeah, mostly I think, he's a stash. Exactly. I think, Hez, yeah, Hezriana and Bottle Void are the most expensive cards in the deck, and you may never actually play Hezriana, depending on the matchup. And Bottle Void is, well, you're draining them for six. That's kind of a big deal. It's a significant chunk of your health. So I really enjoy this deck. I like turning things sideways, and even though I get a lot of flack for it, I'm terrible at playing weapons. I'm really bad at playing She's weapons. She's only been playing the game since 2009, yeah. and still actively refuses to use anything that has a gray card border. I, well, I guess with the exception of Bottle Void. Yes, and even that still takes me a while to remember how to use it. I hate weapons. Um... I understand that they're good, but I prefer playing dudes. I like having an army, and it's more fun for me. Now, we may go into some deck dissections in another podcast, but for this particular deck, we actually felt it's pretty close to the strongest deck in Classic. Now, that's assuming, of course, that you eliminate some of the less interactive ones, such as the Bunny Combo or some of the Winter Wondervolt builds, because... It does actually have some answers in the form of Lesson of the Nether. You could Lesson turn one, but as you would imagine, if those decks start going, you have no way to interact with them. That being said, neither do a lot of other decks. However, this build is crazy fast. You can pump out a ton of damage. Even if you don't get the absurd Twilight Vanquisher Nolan play of nine power of guys on turn one sort of thing, you can still, off the top, be dealing five with Dagax, six with Bottle Voids, and you keep yourself healthy so you're always winning the race because of the drain effects off of Basel or things along those lines. You get longevity out of Broderick because your hero is now another useful resource. You, you pump out a lot of damage, put your opponent in an awkward spot very quickly. The deck is crazy. That being said, it does have some bad matchups, but that's a discussion for another day. So the other deck that I wanted to bring up was actually Zombie Go. I didn't design this one as compared to the Zucaraj deck, or at least to my knowledge, no one else has done Death Seer Zucaraj. Definitely not recently, for obvious reasons. The other one's called Zombie Go. It's based around Dalron the Controller. Again, a Scourge hero. However, in this case, it's not a dual hero. You do get some flexibility in the faction, at least, because although you can only play one, you could play either one. In this case... Although the deck is named Zombie Go, it really focuses around Feltrade. So you take Gimmerheim. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. It's been a long time since I heard it said. Chosen Warriors, they're the three-cost Scourge unlimited ally that when they come in, you get to tutor for another one, put it into your hand. Since they're three-cost, there are a number of breakpoints on the Alliance side that you can get to. One of the more notable ones is Variant. So if you have three Chosen Warriors out, you can trade them all in and then go get Varian very early and give your opponent minus five, minus five, and their whole board. Lock them down real quick. Or you could obviously fill the deck with tutor targets. On the horde side, especially since we're typically, wife and I, talking about classic, you do get some interesting things. I know for a while I really tried to make it work with Mazukan because fell trading a Mazukan attack, or excuse me, attacking with Mazukan fell trading it into a Mazukan and then attacking with the new Mazukan and the Mazukan token is hysterical, at least for me. Probably not on the other side. No, However, not much fun <laughs> on the other side. Having tested with him, not much fun on the other side. That being said, there 
there are a lot of elements that you end up losing when you go from one faction to the other. And that's the good part, is that you do get those options. And you can go one direction or the other. I just love the deck because, well, again, I love the Scourge Heroes. It was the first one that I had seen at the time that was competitive. I played it at NACC, made day two with it. I felt I had really good matchups against things. I felt I played really well then, and that kind of put it in my head. Is This deck is awesome, even though maybe it's not so much anymore. But it's still a lot of fun to play, regardless. So what we're going to move on to is actually talk a little bit about Gen Con, since that is the most recent event. I don't remember what the last one was before that. I'm sure there were some local ones that I had seen mentioned either on the Reddit or on the Facebook page or somewhere. This was an event that was completely player-run, and for the life of me, and forgive me, I don't remember the gentleman's name who put it together. William Dyer. See, that's why I keep her around. She's got it. Thank you very much, William. Yeah, we really do appreciate it because I can't imagine the amount of work to put an event like that together. I've run a number of events for a lot of places, and they're always, you know, local stuff. I haven't run a big PTQ with hundreds or thousands of people or something like that. That being said, even a small event at Gen Con has got to be a nightmare to schedule. We didn't really speak about it that much, but I can only guess as to how much effort he had to put in to put this together, especially since ahead of time we were talking about, and he had brought up the subject of bands and trying to organize it between a now really separated community. There's no focal point, although the Reddit and the Facebook groups exist, Everyone's got their own thing. It's not at the forefront of anyone's mind because the game has now become defunct. So I have to give him props for putting in the effort, getting everything organized, and we look forward to events in the future. Definitely. I cannot wait for Gen Con 2017. Yeah, we're definitely going to try and make it out there again, and with any luck, knock on wood, we're going to be able to get out there every year, and we certainly hope that there's going to be a WoW TCG event there every time. If not, I guarantee wife and I are going to have at least a couple decks with us. If you want to borrow one or you see us, we're definitely down to play a few games because we still love this game. The event at Gen Con actually drew in a lot of different ideologies for the game. There were some very clearly casual-oriented players with decks built along those lines. There were some more hyper-aggressive players along (laughs) myself included that were trying to even though I insisted on playing something fun I was trying to optimize it to the best that it could be similarly the Bogmara build as we discussed we feel is super strong there wasn't actually as many other builds that we were expecting I I kind of was expecting a ton of Tyrus then again as we said it was a lot of Casual-oriented players. There were a lot of players, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I do remember speaking to a few people who came to the game after the game had died. Um, so I didn't even know that. Yeah, there were a few people who I talked to who came to the game after the game had died. Um, and it was really interesting getting their thoughts with everything. Um, but yeah, we definitely expected a lot of Tyrus. I was... Ty- Tyrus and Bagmara are not friends. Tyrus kicked Bagmara kicks Bugmara's butt quite often. So I was expecting <laughs> to not do very well, but I ended up doing all right. And Funny story about her doing all right. She's saying all right. Uh, that actually brought up something that I meant to say earlier. So 
lifetime of the game that you played. So you played since 2009, right? Yes. Roughly. Yes. Played at that Gen Con. I don't know. Do you even have any idea how many events you played in? I would say I've played in at least, in life, I've played at least 40, I would you say. You don't think it's closer to 100? Well, if we don't, if we're not counting the regular weekend things, 40, if we're counting weekend so 40, trips, 40 to 100. 40, let's call them big events, whether yeah. it's a uh, rump qualifier or Gen Con or nationals or worlds or whatever. Yes. Anything bigger than a handful of people. Yes. How many people did you make cry over the course of your career? I would have to say that I've made at least at least 10 people cry. A couple people added into that getting really, really, really salty and storming out of People the get super salty when you get beat by a girl. Come on, people. It's 2017 now. It was 20-whatever when you played her. Come on. You're big boys and girls. You can handle it. It's okay. Girls can play games, too. That is one nice thing I will say about Gen Con. The Gen Con group was very open to all different people, all different play sets, and I didn't have as much of a problem at the Gen Con group as I have had in the past simply with playing the game. It is one thing that obviously we've run into a few characters that weren't exactly... The most friendly in the world, especially towards wife. That being said, overall, I'd say the WoW TCG community has been way better than other ones I've been involved in. And it could have just been a percentages thing of, you know, there's a bad, there's a, a quote-unquote bad guy and everything. But it felt as though the WoW TCG group was always, as a whole, very accepting, very positive. And I felt like they were accepting of everyone, not even me being a woman I remember lots of events where people would bring their kids um, and people would teach their kids how to play when one of the children ripped off a, not, one of the children opened a 200 to $300 card out of one of the packs that they won. The entire community that was there, because the dad happened to be in the bathroom at the time, had to stop him from immediately going to the store to try to sell it back, and we're tr trying to convince them that eBay is a great thing. Yeah, a lot of people looked out for each other, whether you knew the person or not. And that was what kept us coming back, even during points in the game where we weren't exactly happy. We'll put it that way, with the direction the game itself was going in. We did love hanging out with the people that were at any of the given events, whether it's our local event or larger ones. So we're going to kind of wrap it up at this point, and we're actually going to go into our off-topic section. As we work on these podcasts a little bit more, we'll refine our discussion sections a little bit more and what topics we're going to cover and how and all that fun stuff. But for now, we're going to do an off-topic section. Where we're going to try and keep it gaming-focused, but not necessarily always, maybe whatever movie we saw, books that we read recently, those sort of things. Both of us have plenty of ground to cover in the nerd realm, right, wife? Yes, yes, we do. So we're going to start off. I have a game that I want to talk about. I'm sure wife is, has a number of things. We're going to try and keep it to one just so that we don't drag this out. So I'll let wife take it first this time. Um, 
So this summer has been a great summer for all things nerddom. However, I will say the thing that brought me into nerd-related items is probably Harry Potter, like many people in my generation. And at Gen Con last year, I... At Gen Con last year, I was able to be introduced to the Harry Potter trading card game, which I found to be a lot of fun. It's um, actually a pretty good game. It really, it's a pretty, it's a really nice game. It's relatively fast-paced, which, as I've said before, is the way that I like to play. Um, and meeting people at Gen Con for that game was pretty fantastic. Um... The Gen Con group is led by Stefan. Um, he also uh, has, is, has been running a Facebook group for the Harry Potter trading card game. And while it does seem to be getting harder and harder to find product for the Harry Potter trading card game. Who'd have thunk it? Yes. When did it go out of print? I went out of print, I want to say, by the fourth book. So... Uh, that was like 2004? That sounds about right. Possibly a little bit before then. Um, it went out it's been of a print. long time. <laughs> it went out of print long before I even knew that trading card games were a thing. That's not true. You told me you bought some of the cards when you were... I bought some of the cards having no idea what they were, and they were taped up on my wall with as pictures of the characters, and I'd never actually realized... That there was a game attached. I thought it was like baseball cards. You know, don't most people like put up posters of their favorite band or something? Yeah, my favorite band happened to be named Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Bite me. Anyway, <laughs> I had a lot of fun playing the Harry Potter trading card game. Um, I really like creature decks. I think the owls are fun, though they are probably not the strongest. And I found a lot of fun with creature decks. And like Bagmara, I kind of continued with the thought process of I like low-cost creatures. I like low-cost dudes. I like turning them sideways and continuing to play the game like that. Although, ironically, that's not actually a mechanical thing you do in that game. They just, no, it is they not. They just attack. They Yeah, they do just attack at the beginning <clears throat> of a turn. You do your damage at the beginning of your turn. And I wish I had really understood that at the beginning, but that's a topic for another day. <laughs> I really enjoyed that game. Um, and if anyone's coming to Gen Con 2017, I know there are going to be events. In fact, there is a Facebook poll out right now for the next couple weeks, I believe, talking about what events people want to play. And if you're interested, come on down. We had a lot of new people myself included, and it was a really great time. Yeah, Stefan put in a lot of work for the Harry Potter group. Again, it's a small community at this point for obvious reasons, especially since it's it's been six feet under much longer than the WoW TCG has. Although, I, you could probably say that the, uh, the populations of fans are comparable. I would say so. I think the Harry Potter fandom kind of encompasses and embraces everything fan-related, um, and that would be one of the games. I attend the Harry po one of the Harry Potter conventions, LeakyCon, um, as frequently as I can, and I know a couple people are playing it there, which is also a fun thing to do. 
It's actually, as I said before, while Wife was going through everything, it's a pretty fun game, and that's coming from somebody who's played a ton of games way more than I probably should have, and way more than I could possibly get rid of, uh, as we found out trying to clear out our basement. Yes. That being said, it it's interesting the way it handles certain mechanics. It's worth a look if you have the opportunity. If nothing else, if you happen to be in the area for one of these events, drop by, take a look. Everybody that we met last year, just like the WoW event, was super friendly. It was a lot of fun. I did play in one of the events and got destroyed, but that's what happens when it's your first game. <laughs> what are you going to do? So, uh, was that everything you wanted to say on there, wife? I was just going to say that it also is made by Wizards of the Coast, and once again, they prove that they know what they're doing. Yes. So for my game, or my part of the off-topic discussion, I'm actually going to move away from games that we pine for the glory days and of years past. And in this case, it's going to be a recent game that actually was a Kickstarter called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past. This is done by IDW Games, and it's a board game. Miniature-based board game, to be exact. And the idea is that the entire game is scenario-based, and it's heavily influenced, in fact, follows the story of the IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics, which, if you haven't read them and you like turtles, they're a lot of fun. There are definitely some interesting takes on the way they handle the Turtles universe. It's going to be vastly different than if you grew up on the 80s. Maybe not so different if you followed the comics originally, but still different enough that you're going to find unique elements to it. The game is pretty involved. It also that was, is an understatement. It yeah. is incredibly involved and a little confusing the first couple times you play it. It's one of those games, and since I'm more of a card gamer, my mindset goes a certain way when I play games versus someone who plays board games or war games or whatever games. And as a result, as we're playing through and trying to do the setup, we were perpetually going, oh, we forgot about this or... That's weird. That doesn't make any sense for it to interact that way. Oh, that's because it doesn't, and we didn't read it right the first time. That being said, once we started to get a couple games under our belt, at this point we played three or four, I think, and we have a pretty good handle on it, and it's a lot of fun. And even for a group of friends that I introduced it to that were Turtles fans when we were growing up, but are no, <laughs> no way, shape, or form gamers at this point in their life, and I don't think they ever would have been qualified as that, they got into it, and they got excited, and the, the guy who was playing Raphael, who was, that was his favorite turtle and still is, you know, and he, he got into it. And he still kind of acts like Raphael. Yeah, he's a, a little bit on that end. And the other guys who were playing Leo and Mikey, the one guy, basically Mikey, and then I was running the bad guys, and we've only gotten through a couple of scenarios, so there's still plenty of surprises left, but it was a lot of fun. It's very involved. Ultimately, we found the rules to mostly be logical, and it makes sense to do things certain ways. That being said, you kind of have to get into that mindset like I started off with. So it's definitely something I'd recommend if you have the opportunity to play it or to pick it up. Obviously, the Kickstarter is long since done, and the actual Kickstarter versions, while super cool, are relatively pricey. Again, although I'm used to card games, and yeah, deck is kind of expensive, you are acquiring it generally, through trading or in pieces, and with the WoW TCG most of the time, except for a few periods, the decks were not very expensive. Shelling out 150 
175 $200 for the, the super-duper special version that was the Kickstarter one can be a little pricey, especially when I have to run it by wife. Yes. And usually those get look... Usually those requests get a look of disdain. Yeah, sometimes I'll order it anyway. Eh, most of the time you'll order it anyway. <laughs> That's not even remotely true. 99.9 repeating percent of the time he'll order it anyway. That's not true. Don't listen to her. She's crazy. So it it bottom line is it's a fun game. The Harry Potter game is a fun game, but you know what? The WoW TCG has been the most fun game that I have ever played in my life. I have not enjoyed playing any other card game, board game, or otherwise, any tabletop game of any kind that has come close to the WoW TCG. And I'm sorry, just Hearthstone doesn't cut it. No, Hearthstone really doesn't cut it. And he's not saying that just because that's how he got his wife involved in his life a little bit more. With Hearthstone? No, with <laughs> WoW TCG. Hearthstone sucks. I was going to say, I'm not sure where, where you're going with that. Yeah, th- this game did actually help us out because we were able to discuss things when we were living on almost opposite sides of the country. And different countries. Yes, and we, we played WoW together, we played the WoW TCG together, we now play a lot of other games together. Uh, it's been very good to us, <laughs> as strange as that may sound, but it's a lot of fun. So I think we're going to close it up there unless you have anything else to add, wife? Nope, just please, if you're coming to Gen Con, come on out, check out... The World of Warcraft trading card game and the Harry Potter trading card game if you are around and have some time to spare. Yeah, definitely take a look at those Facebook groups, uh, the subreddits, or, well, at this point, I'm not sure where else (laughs) players may be hiding in the woodwork, but they're definitely still out there. If you still love the game, take a look. See what you can find. And happy gaming. Happy gaming.